You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown is the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia, and they're giving away Bears Packers tickets. Check them out on social media or stop into the store for more information just be sure to tell them I sent you. Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. All right, so this show is going out early Thursday morning. And the understanding is there are going to be questions that I answer that are going to be related to the game. And that's just the reality. So I, I'm going to try not to answer those questions, actually. <laughs> what I'm going to try and do is answer some broader picture questions so that if you are getting to this show a day late, you are not, in fact, a dollar short. That you can listen to this and enjoy it um, for, for what it is outside of the preparation for the Eagles game. Now, that being said, I want to start because I feel it is my obligation to do so like this is a Friday show with injuries. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have the injury discussion and just sort of get everyone up to speed on what's going on. About half of you, and I study these things closely, about half of you are going to listen to this before 10 a.m. Central. So that's why I feel confident that we can have this discussion and, and at least the most of you are going to listen to this before the game. Even if you're listening to this on your commute home, you're getting the information that you need before kick tonight. So for the Packers, in preparation for the game tonight, the injury reports came out. And what it looks like is the Eagles are going to be closer to full strength than they were in week three. Meanwhile, Green Bay is potentially less full than they had been. And and the big injury here is Zadarius Smith. We don't know the extent of the injury at this point. The injury report changed in fact on Tuesday so Monday and none of this is real practices these are all walkthroughs but Zadarius Smith came up on the injury report on Tuesday also showed up on Wednesday as limited okay so we don't know exactly what that means with a knee injury how much of that is veteran rest how much of that is the Packers understanding and Mike Patton talked about that in his press conference on Wednesday that they know that Preston and Zadarius Smith are playing, you know, 85, 90% of snaps. And you never want to overwork your guys. So you have to be aware of that. And so if if Big Z comes in on Tuesday and says, hey, my knee's a little bit sore, and they say, well, we don't, th- this we're 3-0, and we're playing for January now. You can't risk him in these practice situations, but you you go back and look, okay, Jimmy Graham, limited, limited, limited plays. 
and Jimmy Graham is going to play. Uh, not as not as hurt as maybe we initially thought. So right now, the indication is this is not something that's going to be a serious problem for the Green Bay Packers. Now, th- that would be important because if he can't go, you're elevating someone like Kyler Fackrell. You're elevating Rashawn Gary. And while those guys have played well in stretches, Zadarius Smith has been arguably the best defensive player on arguably the best defense in football. That would be a pretty big blow if he can't go. Now, Preston Smith is coming off being NFC Player of the Week. Jair Alexander is one of the best defenders in football right now. Darnell Savage on his way to a breakout rookie season. Adrian Amos. I mean, this this defense has the horses to still get a win. But obviously, it would be a big blow. Now, Montrevious Adams is not going to play. And this is a little bit less problematic than it would have been, say, a week or two ago because Kingsley Kiki got into the game against Denver. Mike Patton praised his play, and they felt like, hey, you know, he earned some some run. He earned the, the trust of his coaches, and that's a crucial step for him. Tyler Lancaster, I thought, played well at times. You know, we don't think that Philadelphia is going to want to run the ball a ton so Kiki playing instead of Montrevious, not a huge deal. And, and Adams has not been a huge part of the pass rush to this point. That's Ben Zadarius Preston and Rashawn Gary. Uh, Kenny Clark obviously been a huge part of this. If Green Bay has to dial up some more blitzes, that suddenly complicates the way that they want to attack. Now for the Eagles, Alshon Jeffrey is going to play. Barring you know some crazy setback between now and kick. That is important for Philadelphia if for no other reason than Mac Hollins does not have to be as heavily featured. The rookie J.J. Ortega-Whiteside does not have to be as heavily featured. And you're giving your best playmakers the chance to, to be impactful. Dallas Goddard taken off the injury report. You know, he, he had played sparingly against Detroit dealing with that injury. And what the reports out of Philadelphia were that Alshon was not going to get the Goddard treatment, which was last week coming back from injury. He didn't play very much. And then in the few snaps he did play, dropped a potentially huge touchdown pass if he would have snagged it. And Alshon is going to be the featured option. It's going to be Alshon and Zach Ertz. And so if you're the Green Bay Packers, you have to stop that guy and Zach Ertz. Those are the two guys that you have to worry about. Now, you have the cornerbacks to go handle it, so you trust them to do it. Mike Patton does not want to match. I don't think he wants to say, hey, Kevin King, you just have Alshon. And I don't even know if that's the smart thing to do, given that you have Jair Alexander. And I don't think you worry about him against Jeffrey and his size. I think his speed, his his ability to contest at the catch point, I just don't think you worry about him against anyone, frankly. And so I, I think you'll see you know, both of those guys on Alshon. And, and as I said earlier in the week, you know, there, there are going to be opportunities for Mike Patton to get creative with his defense with Zach Ertz, and that's something that I, I almost certainly think he will do. They will not be the same look every single play. They're going to con- try and confuse Carson Wentz and give him different kinds of looks. It's going to be more complicated if and when Dallas Goddard is playing on a regular basis. We don't know because we haven't seen it yet this year. And what's interesting about that is we don't know how that affects the way Mike Patton wants to defend this team. Does he want to play small? Does he want to play big? These are questions that we just don't know the answer and won't know the answer to until we see them. 
All right, before we move on, I want to talk to you about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit. Vivid Seats rewards where you can get 10 to 16% back on all your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store, Google Play, and download the app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the reward loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. For the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats reward loyalty program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get there to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. And speaking of free money, what is better than free money? My bookie wants to give you some. I'm telling you, you if you're going to be gambling and you know gambling makes things a little bit more fun, game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives... At the end of the hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. And you're going to have some extra time with the Packers playing on Thursday to figure out who you want to bet on this weekend. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and the best lines. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So go to mybookie.ag, and they will double your first deposit. That's right. They will double it. Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. MyBookie.ag, promo code locked on, and they will double your first deposit. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, I want to answer some of your questions. And let's start with this one because I, I do want to clarify something and I want to add some context because Mike Patton talked about it in his press conference on Wednesday. Hello, Peter. Well, that's happening. This is Brandon from Alabama. Uh, just finished listening to the crossover show with Gino this morning. Great show. I've been trying to uh, uphold the philosophy of go one and zero every week, just as as this uh, new energy team has. But uh, I couldn't help but disagree entirely with incentivizing the run. And uh, obviously, I don't want to look past Philadelphia. I think we got enough on our plate with them coming in on a short week. But we, as a as a defensive unit, have to be thinking about week five against Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott, uh, excuse me, and the, the big plays that those offenses, that, that Dallas offense can generate. I can't help but think that we're going to have to tighten up a little bit in the middle. And uh, being that Q&A Wednesday, I wanted to hear your take on it. Appreciate it, Peter. Go Pack Go. All right, so I understand uh, the the consternation here from Brandon. And, you know, look, if the Packers let Ezekiel Elliott run all over them, they're probably going to lose. The The reality is uh, you, you don't want to get gashed. So when you look at the strategy against Minnesota, if the Packers don't let Dalvin Cook break off that 75-yard run, and this is where it hurts, you know, if you have a big play running back and he breaks two or three big runs, you're in big trouble. But if they're getting four, five, six, eight, four, twelve, two, 
three, you're fine. You're fine. And what Mike Patton said was, look, it's not that we're fine with the defense just giving up rushing yards. No. They want to stop everything. I mean, that was what he said explicitly. We want to stop everything. But you're willing to make a trade-off. And that is something, you know, and, and defensive coaches are not thinking in the terms that we discussed yesterday in that analytic analysis. They're not going to say, hey, it's fine if we let them run because if we let them run and they're good at running, they'll continue to run and that's less effective than if they pass. No, I don't think defensive coaches think that way. Now, that's not to say they shouldn't. I think almost certainly they should. Uh, and and be happy to play small because it allows them to defend the pass just more effectively. And that's what Mike Patton wants to do. But what he said was, you know, Green Bay's defense, they had some calls on last week and the week before that were specific to stopping the run, and they didn't execute them. And so Mike Patton was, you know, almost excited to say, look, you know, we're playing really well, but there is so many ways that we can improve. That was his message to the team, and and the tape bears it out. And, and so, when you are playing great football, and there are still ways to get better, that is a terrific position to be in. Whereas the offense, for example, is playing bleh football, but there's tons of ways for them to get better. Okay, that's great. You win games, and there's still all these ways you can improve. That's a coach's dream. Yeah, if if you go to Dallas and Ezekiel Elliott has 20 carries for a buck 80 and three touchdowns, you're going to lose. But you're going to lose because they're scoring a lot and you're probably not going to be able to stop their offense in general as effectively. You're probably not going to stop Dak Prescott. If Zeke Elliott has 20 carries for 180 yards and three touchdowns and Dak Prescott is 13 for 30 for 180 yards and no touchdowns, you're probably going to win, right? Right? The bigger problem is you go to Dallas and Dak Prescott goes 18 for 24 for 340 and four touchdowns. That's what is concerning. They break off a bunch of big plays. They score 35 points and you can't keep up. The fundamental question here is which beats you faster? Which beats you more efficiently? Which which beats you more effectively? And the obvious answer is passing. So you're going to give up yards. You're going to give up yards. It's 2019 in the NFL. You're going to give up yards. And in every game, you're going to give up yards. Even the best defenses, the 85 Bears in a non-pass happy league gave up yards. The question is, how do you want to give them up? And in what size chunks? The math is clear. A great running back gets five yards carry. A bad quarterback gets six yards an attempt. Which one is worse? The six yard is worse for your defense. That is the reality of this. So it is more important that you stop the pass, especially given the knowledge, and we know this now. The data says it doesn't matter if you can run the ball, your play action game can still be good. Now that doesn't mean that that running the ball better in in some cases against some defenses it doesn't make your play action game more effective. But you know, just just because Dallas, let's say because that was the example Brandon uses, is running the ball really effectively doesn't mean their play-action game is more or less effective. If Zeke Elliott has 20 carries for 30 yards, their play-action game could still be really good. 
And so if that's true, you just don't worry about anything except the past. And this was the blueprint, by the way, set forth by the Lions against the Rams. Don't worry about the pre-snap motion. Don't worry about the play-action fake. If they want to hand the ball to Todd Gurley 30 times, God bless them. Because you're only going to get two, three, four, five, six yards. But if you bite on those play-action fakes, and if you fall for that jet motion, that pre-snap motion, all of a sudden, they're creating space, they're creating holes in your defense, and they've gashed you for big plays. That is what you cannot have. And so that is that is the, the point of, of saying, okay, which one is more important? Clearly, passing is more important. And... It is easier, of course, for the numbers to say, well, just give them a couple of runs. Just, you know, just let them have a couple. Yeah, of course. It's easy when you're sitting in front of a computer to say that. It's a little different when you're on the field. But it is true that incentivizing a team to do something that is against its best interest, a.k.a. run the ball, is, in fact, a good thing. All right, hopefully that is clear if it's not. Hit me up on Twitter and and let's talk. Uh, Question for the pod. This one was from a Twitter follower. Alien UFO? Oh, Alien UFO. I get it. Alien UFO. And his avatar is is, uh, Mario from Mario and Luigi. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Question for the pod. Is it too early to say Brian Gutekunst is the front runner for executive of the year and that nobody else is particularly close? Absolutely not too early to say that. I will say it. Flat out. Brian Gutekunst is the front runner for executive of the year and nobody else is particularly close. Nobody else is even in the same universe right now because Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith are pro bowlers if the season ended today. And Darnell Savage is a defensive rookie of the year candidate, maybe the defensive rookie of the year. And that is with the upside of what Matt LaFleur and this offense can eventually be. Because he signed, I mean, technically, Brian Gutekunst was not the final say on Matt LaFleur, but, you know, if the Packers go 12-4, and he's going to get a lot of credit for that decision. Certainly, he's going to get credit for the decision to sign Adrian Amos, to draft Rashawn Gary, Elton Jenkins, who looks like is going to start the rest of the season. And you do get credit in these awards for jobs you've already done. So, you know, he drafted Jair Alexander last year. And he made a trade that got him the picks, the ammunition, to get Darnell Savage. Jair Alexander is going to be all pro. If he stays healthy, let's say he plays 14 games, he is first team all pro cornerback right now. I mean, come on. And and there's really no one else close. I mean, the, the, the executive of the year is usually someone that takes their team from bad to good. Look at the good teams. All the good teams were good last year. Buffalo, okay, Buffalo is better than we thought right now. Right now, today, a lot of tough games left. But they didn't do much in the offseason. John Brown, Cole Beasley, they're winning with defense. That's not executive of the year stuff. 49ers in the offseason. I mean, Jimmy G's healthy. Not the. That's not John Lynch's fault. Uh, Nick Bosa. They got to draft him because everyone thought they should and because they were awful last year. I mean, do you really get credit for that? Do you deserve credit for that? I don't think so. So, I mean, that's where we are. 
I mean, I don't think anyone is even close. It's not, I mean, there's not even a discussion at this point. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. It's not even kind of ridiculous. It's genuinely ridiculous that, that Brian Gutekind's job, the job he did in the offseason making this team better is far and away better than anything else any other team did to improve their team. And I think, you know, there is this curse of executive of the year. They all get fired. And I just, I have a hard time seeing it because these guys are playing so well, defensively especially. That was where he focused so much of the resources. And maybe these contracts in a year or two look bad, but it's hard to imagine that. Given the way they're playing, I mean, these guys are playing at all pro levels, even if they don't continue to play at those levels. If they're just like good to, to you know, very good on a given week. They don't have to be outstandingly great every week. These moves will look good in the long term. And that's it's it's fascinating. And, and look, we're in week four. So a long way to go. Once the Packers play on Thursday night, which is tonight for most of you, you know, a quarter of the way through the season. Long way to go. A lot of football left. All right, if you're like me, you're not always paying attention to your bank account balance. And the moment you see you're going to be overdrawn, it's too late. So you end up spending $37 on a cup of coffee thanks to bank fees. Introducing the Dave app. Put an end to overdraft fees for good. Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees, tells you about upcoming bills, and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. Get the Dave app for just $1 per month. That's $12 a year. You know what that's less than? An overdraft fee. And you'll never have to pay an overdraft fee again. Dave will help you budget for upcoming expenses, text you if you're spending too much, and if you need fast cash, advance you money in just 90 seconds. Three million people already use Dave to save up to $1,000 a year in overdraft fees. That's why it's the number one budgeting app in the App Store. Go to dave.com slash locked on. It's immediate savings. So go now. Dave.com slash locked on. D-A-V-E. Dave, like the name. Like David, but shorter. Dave.com slash locked on. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free. Brewtown is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Here is how to enter. You can go to Brewtown store on 76th and Cold Spring, just off 894 in Greenfield to receive five entries to win when you mention Locked on Packers. While you're there, check out the shop. They're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from Tops, Panini, and upper deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events. So follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield. And on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. All right, I said this was going to be a short episode, but I didn't want to shortchange you. So uh, we're going to go full full length 
full time. That's not full length. Is that's not even a blue chew ad. <laughs> hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? I feel as if we are lacking depth at the tight end position, and we need to gain depth. What are your thoughts on Austin Safarian Jenkins, and what do you think about our offensive depth chart dilemma? Thank you for being a great podcaster, Amrit from California. Thank you, Amrit. First of all, um, I, I don't know that depth is the problem at tight end. It's not that they don't have depth. They do have depth. Graham, Lewis, Tanyan, they have three tight ends that they feel legitimately good about playing. And they have Jay Sternberger coming back in a couple weeks. The question is not depth. The question is consistency and continuity. Can they find a role for Jimmy Graham? Can they find something he's good at that he can consistently do that doesn't make them predictable by formation? Can Mercedes Lewis block a little bit more consistently than he has been? There have been some really great reps. Some really great reps. Can you get him to be a bigger factor in the passing game? Where is Robert Tanyan in his development? I wrote about this for Packer Report. You know, if if he keeps running, there's that play they, they had... They had Tanyan and Aaron Jones split out, empty. And Rodgers drops back, and he doesn't like his first read, doesn't like his second read, and Tanyan has beat Isaac Yadam, who's a third-round rookie corner from Boston College for the Broncos. Hasn't beat, but he slows down, and Rodgers slings it. Tanyan can't catch up to the ball. It is a play that if Tanyan just keeps running, he scores. Touchdown. He has that kind of potential, and he's made some big plays already this year. Had that big 28-yarder, I believe it was, in the middle of the field against Chicago on a second reaction play. You need those reps. And that was why I had suggested that, that Jimmy Graham being hurt was actually not the worst thing in the world for this offense because it would allow Robert Tanyan a little bit more time with Aaron Rodgers. We've seen that anyway, by the way. Matt LaFleur has just been like, I don't care what we're paying this guy. I, we can't play him. We can't play him a lot anyway. And that's his perspective. Third down, red zone. I mean, he, he just, Graham just isn't doing it anymore. I don't, I don't know that Austin Safarian Jenkins moves the needle right now. Uh, he also cannot block. So if you're going to bring in someone who is a move tight end only, why not just take someone like Alan Lazard? And this was a discussion on Twitter. And say, hey, you're a big slot now. You're a move tight end. And, and we're going to ask you to do some blocking in line. But mostly you're going to play in the slot. I mean, if, if Jimmy Graham, you know, let's say Jimmy Graham has some mysterious injury and he goes down before Jay Sternberger is eligible to come back from IR, why not Alan Lazard? Why, why play Evan Bayless? Why not give Lazard a chance? Because he can move. He can make plays in the passing game. And maybe you just say, well, actually what, what we want to do is, is play him at receiver. Okay, let's see it. Because Geronimo Allison right now not getting the job done. I understand the frustration with the passing game. Depth, again, at tight end is not the problem. The problem is they don't, they don't really have guys that they are comfortable with consistently doing everything they need them to do. And they think Jay Sternberger can be that guy or something close to that guy. I think in a perfect world, they would have Tanyan and Sternberger as their guys next year. And then you draft another developmental type prospect on day three. And, and you have him and Evan Bayless and those are your dudes and you go to war with them. But that's not the reality right now. They're going to have to do this in, in a little bit of piecemeal. They're going to have to, you know, bailing wire and sheet metal. And, you know, they're going to have to figure that out. All right. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow talking about the game. 
That'll be our our Friday show, our Friday podcast, but there will be a Periscope, okay, 4 Central, 5 Eastern, tomorrow afternoon, Friday afternoon, Periscope, to answer your questions, to follow up on everything going on with the Green Bay Packers after what I assume will be a win over the Eagles. I, I predicted 30-24. to 24. Uh, I, I think the Packers offense gets going in this game. This is a get-right game for them. I know I predicted a get-right game a lot last last year. <laughs> and they never really got it. Uh, they never really got right uh, for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think I think Thursday with, with no cornerbacks, really, that you have to worry about with a pass rush that has been nothing short of blech uh, so far this season. Uh, when your leading sacker is Anders, is a safety, you know you have a problem. And in some way, a safety that is not even a regular player. It's not like they've got Leroy Butler back there. So uh, I think this offense is going to get it in gear, and I, I just have a tough time seeing Philadelphia coming to Lambeau in a short week and scoring you know, 25, 26, 28 points to beat them. I think Green Bay gets 24 at least. I think more likely they get to 28, 30, 31, 35 even against this Philadelphia defense. I think they throw a lot, and I think Aaron Rodgers gets on track, and they win the game. And and if you're listening to this on Friday and, and the Eagles won by 20, um, forget I said any of that. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.